the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, everybody. Good to be with you on this fine Thursday summer. It's, we're trying. We're trying to get to summer. It's almost summer. It's summer on the calendar. It's not quite summer in the sky, but it's getting there. And uh, either way, it's always good to be with you. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. California, of course, has a reputation for it's sunny weather, and so we're hoping you maintain that reputation. To what extent does a person's reputation matter? Like, how much should I care what other people think about me? How much do you care what other people think about you? How much should you care about your reputation? been thinking about this because yesterday uh, the House of Representatives censured Congressman Adam Schiff, and I'll talk about what that is here in just a moment. He takes it as a badge of honor. It used to be something that was shameful to have happened to you, but uh, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure if it's going to make any actual difference in the way we govern ourselves. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Adam Schiff was censured by Congress for uh, telling repeated lies about having certain evidence in the Trump-Russia uh, probe that was happening during the Trump administration. Representative Anna Paulina Luna initially, this you, this failed uh, last week, if you remember. There was a opportunity to censor him, and I think it was last week or the week before, and it failed. But it failed because they attached a $16 million fine. And even Republicans said, you know what, we're not going to vote for that. I don't know if he even has that kind of money, but in the fine, you know, it's I guess it's okay to probably fine your members, but the the point of it should be that if in the course of your duties as a representative, you repeatedly lie to your constituents and to the country about something, you that should be brought out. And maybe it's not as serious as something to remove you from Congress. That's a bigger deal. Removing somebody from Congress, the reason it's a bigger deal, even if, uh, and I think people like that should be removed, although I think they should be voted out. That's the big deal. The big deal is if you remove somebody, if the Congress expels a member, they are in a way going against what the voters decided, right? So it's it's a completely different thing to actually impeach him and, and throw him out of the Congress. And so censure is what typically happens. So anyway, it was uh, – they dropped the fine and uh, there might have been some part of the fine left in there, but most of it's gone. This is what censure is. It's a formal reprimand or condemnation issued by either the House of Representatives or the Senate against a member of Congress for their behavior or actions. Right? It's a way to publicly express disapproval in a member's conduct. 
or their statements. And so when a member is censored, it doesn't happen very often, but when they are, um, it doesn't punish them in a sense that they're not removed from office and they, they still can vote and they can still do all the things that you're supposed to do. They might be removed from committees. That's something that happened to Adam Schiff and a couple other people. They were removed from committees where they had access to the real evidence, you know, what actually is being uh, looked at. You know, right now, if you reverse it, if you just sort of move here and you say, okay, there are Republicans now in the Intelligence Committee and other committees who are looking at evidence that some of them are saying implicates President Biden in a bribery scandal with Ukraine. And we have heard different things, that there is an FBI. We know that there's an FBI report about it. I think that that is confirmed, but we haven't really seen it. There were supposedly tapes that a Ukrainian person he was dealing with uh, kept, but they backed off the tape thing. And they said, well, he says he has tapes, but no one's ever heard them. And, you know, there's whistleblowers, but we haven't heard officially from the whistleblowers. And, you know, and I think it matters, this kind of thing. Now, somebody, some of these Congress people might be It might be uh, classified, so they can't really share it. But somebody knows for sure what they're looking at. Uh, I think we need to see it. Whole nother story. But I think this is to the point where it's time for us, the American people, to see it. If you're going to accuse the president of bribery and you're going to do it in a time when we're sending all kinds of money to uh, Ukraine, we just sent another, what, six, six billion dollars or something to Ukraine because of an accounting error? That's weird. I wish maybe there's an accounting error on my taxes somehow and they owe me, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks maybe. Uh, That's usually my error. Sometimes I do get a check from the IRS saying you really uh, shouldn't use TurboTax, but I do. And it's it's been fine every time. Um, And once in a while, it's usually in my favor, the error. So that's okay. Um, Anyway, it's an official rebuke. Censor is carry significant political consequences. Supposedly, that's what the definition I'm reading says. I'm not sure, though. I'm not sure that Adam Schiff will suffer any particular consequences. He's running for Senate in the United States, by the way, right now, uh, assuming that uh, Dianne Feinstein doesn't uh, quit before her term is over and uh, Governor Newsom uh, appoints somebody else. Anna Paulina Luna, this is her reading the censoring bill. As chair of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff launched an all-out political campaign built on baseless distortions against a sitting U.S. president at the expense of every single citizen in this country and the honor of the House of Representatives. With access to sensitive information unavailable to most members of Congress and certainly not accessible to the American people, Schiff abused his privileges claiming to know the truth while leaving American, Americans in the dark about, his web of li- or about this web of lies. Lies so severe that they altered the course of the country forever. The lie that President... will suspend... The House is not in order. Members, please take your conversations off the floor. So she's reading all this and the House is, is, uh, you know, kind of ignoring it or, or, uh, you know, chatting and kind of doing uh, what House members sometimes do. She continued after that. The lie that President Donald Trump colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 presidential election revealed to be completely false by numerous investigations, including the Durham report. The lie that the Steele dossier, a folder of falsified and since completely debunked collusions, accusations funded by the Democrat Party, had any shred of credibility. Yet Schiff read it into congressional record as fact. Lies concocted and compiled in a false memo that was used to lie to the FISA court to precipitate domestic spying on U.S. citizen Carter Page violating American civil liberties. And then she gets into some of the uh, the weeds with all of that. This is uh, Congressman Schiff and his uh, response later on to uh, the media. I take it as a badge of honor because 
this says that I'm effective. Uh, they go after people that they think are effective. Uh, I exposed the corruption of the former president. I led the first impeachment trial of the former president to the first bipartisan vote to remove a president in U.S. history. Uh, and I'm proud of that work. And I would do it again. So that's an interesting response, because actually the impeachment vote had to do with a completely different issue. You remember Donald Trump was impeached for uh, something he said in his phone call to Zelensky, President Zelensky of Ukraine, that was interpreted as a quid pro quo agreement, and he was a part of all of that. You know, a lot of people thought that Trump should have just been censured for that, actually. Congress can censure a president. Ultimately, uh, Bill Clinton was censured by the Congress after uh, the impeachment vote failed to remove him from office uh, with the Monica Lewinsky thing. Uh, Democrats, of course, respond and say, well, Republicans, it's hard for you to talk about uh, decency in office when you've got a George Santos uh, who's charged with several fraud claims. And uh, he is the New York congressperson who basically lied about his whole identity, apparently. And uh, he is and I think most people believe that he's charged now by uh, the federal government for several different fraud claims. And uh, he's been arrested and bailed out by his aunt and uncle for half a million dollars. So there's a lot going on with him. And uh, what, you know, Democrats are saying is you're censoring one of our people and but you're not censoring your own. You have somebody who also is full of lies. Democrats aren't saying also. They're just not really acknowledging it. But and, you know, what's interesting is that there's probably technical differences. Like I said, with the Santos thing, the technical difference you know, and I don't think this matters, by the way, as far as reputation goes. I don't think this makes really any difference with the way people see you. And I think that's something that we should think about when we think about reputation. The question I'm asking for us is, regardless of what happens with Adam Schiff and all that, is how much does our reputation matter? Just in your life, how much does your reputation matter? And, and to what extent should you care about what other people think? Is there a line you know, I think it's something good that we teach our kids sometimes is that don't worry about what other people think. And usually we say that because we don't want to be bullied. We want to make sure that our kids, or even as adults, we don't want to be bullied. We don't want to make decisions that we know are the wrong decision because we're afraid of our reputation being tarnished somehow. On the other hand, there's there's clearly a time when you should worry a little bit about what other people think, right? You, If you're a Christian, you don't want people that you work with to think you're not a Christian, for example. At what at what point does your reputation matter? Have you given that any thought? Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to Pastor Scott at kkla.com. Anyway, the point I was making about George Santos is that, in my view, is he, you know, I believe that he lied about uh, all or most of those things that he lied about, and I think he should resign. I don't think there's any way he can possibly represent the people of New York and there's a political angle to that because the Republicans don't believe that a Republican would win a special election that would happen after that eventually. And so they would lose a seat in an already very close Congress. But here's the thing. Technically, I can understand why the Republicans haven't removed him or censored him yet, because you want to be careful about somebody who is elected by voters. It's better. It's always better if the voters just vote you out. That's that's a better thing because the voters are the ones in charge. On the other hand, the reason that these rules exist, the reason that there is a path to removing members uh, by the body itself is because sometimes you don't have two years to wait. You need to get that person out because they're a distraction. And it undermines, you know, the fact that Republicans have not taken a more harsh official action towards Santos undermines in the reputation of many um, what they're doing with 
with Adam Schiff. Now, I think Schiff is totally guilty. Uh, he, he said a whole bunch of stuff. Here's, here's some samples of why he's in trouble. Uh, and but, I think, but you admit uh, that, it's uh, a circum. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. So he's on Meet the Press, and he's being questioned about it because already early on in the whole Russia thing, there was a lot of conversation about things, but no evidence coming forward. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars. But there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So um, again, I think so you Director have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion. Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. So turns out there wasn't. The Durham report uh, angle was they should never have even investigated this. It's, it's just never even should, should have reached the point of investigation that the FBI Department of Justice should have tossed it immediately. That's ultimately what that report has said. He continued with this. But nonetheless, real evidence is coming. This is another interview several months later. But nonetheless, real evidence is coming forward that just can't be ignored. Uh, so we do know a lot more. I, I think the claims that there was no evidence of collusion have long since fallen away. No, they didn't. There was not evidence. And the evidence that they thought they had wasn't even evidence. Uh, put out uh, a statement and a report. These are years apart, by the way, months and years apart, these statements by uh, Adam Schiff. Basically saying that they found no evidence of collusion between the Trump team uh, and the Russian government. Have Democrats found any evidence of collusion? Uh, yes, we have. Can you agree that there has been no evidence of collusion coordination or conspiracy that has been presented thus far between the Trump campaign and Russia? Uh, no, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy in plain sight. Now, he's being interviewed here, by the way, by uh, MSNBC and CNN, okay, left-wing media, who at this point have already also come around to the realization that there was no actual evidence. But he kept the story alive by continuing all the way through 2019 and 2020. I think he still is even claiming it to a certain degree. George, there's ample evidence of collusion uh, of the campaign, and it's... The Senate intel... Chairman also said at this point, no evidence of collusion at this point. Have you seen, do you have direct evidence of collusion with Russia? Well, I think there is direct evidence. While there is abundant evidence of collusion, uh, but as I've said along, there's plenty of evidence of collusion. And you've said on this show and others that there is direct evidence of collusion. Were you wrong about that now that you've seen the summary of the Tesla Council's report? See, he got asked over and over again, even by the left, and he kept saying there is. That's why he got censored. For people who are saying that uh, he was innocent and all that, he's not. He kept saying that there's all kinds of – even when the Democrats, even when the chairman of the Senate, the Democrat Senate uh, Majority Intelligence Committee said there's nothing, he continued on with it. See, that's why he got uh, censured. At what point does reputation matter? See, and I'm thinking when I think about this is that it's not stopping him. His response is that uh, the censure is it should have been something. It's meant to be something where it brings shame, but it doesn't. Here's what he says. I take it as a badge of honor because uh, this says that I'm effective. It doesn't say that at all. I guess he's an effective at making stuff up, right? Or he's effective at uh, staying afloat. But I don't think it's going to matter. I don't even know if it uh, makes that big a deal ultimately. I think it's the right thing to do. I think Congress should actually uh, have done this a lot more over the years when its members in both parties have done things that are outrageously unethical. See, and the, and the bad part about this, and you've got to – you always have to look at this from the standpoint these kinds of things are, well, what if it's the other way around? 
What if it turns out that Republicans right now talking about Hunter Biden don't actually have evidence bank records? We haven't seen them yet. What if it turned out they don't have bank records about transactions of $10 million to the Biden family? Now, I think they do, or at least they have something they have something tangible. That's what I think. But I haven't seen it. And let's just say for the sake of argument, what if they don't have that? And now what's happening are the Republicans are doing their own version of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax to uh, President Biden. And then whoever is the next president, the other party does the same thing. The reason you've got to address it is because you cannot have what happened to Donald Trump with the Russia investigation, uh, something that ever happens to a president. You can't just have a phony baloney charge and take up most of that person's administration with it. You can't. And neither party should be doing that. That's why I say for the Republicans, you know, if you've got this evidence against Biden, it needs to come out. Let's see it. Let's get it out there. Let's not uh, fool around or wait till it's closer to the election. There's always these public, uh, you know, these political games with the timing of the release. of. And I understand that that's Washington and that's how it works. I don't think it's right. All that is to say uh, our reputation matters. Um, one way or the other, probably Adam Schiff's reputation is damaged, even from a lot of Democrats, if just privately. How much does it matter, your reputation? At what point, to what extent does reputation matter? To what extent does it matter what people think of you? 888-528-2557. Shelly in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, uh, Pastor Scott, um, I'd like to uh, talk to you a remembrance that uh, Christ said uh, to his uh, disciples, who uh, does people say that I am? So he was asking for uh, the opinions of, uh, uh, you know, his reputation. Mm-hmm. What was going on? What was being said? Yeah. It matters quite a bit. It matters quite a bit. And you're right. Jesus did ask that uh, of his reputation. And I, I think what we think of Christ matters a lot, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, it's everything. You know, do we think he's Lord and Savior? Do we think he died for our sins? Do we think he rose again from the grave? Or do we think, if we don't believe that, then you have to say he's some kind of idiot, right? He he got himself killed for for stories that aren't true. Yeah, but the point is, uh, you should be concerned about uh, what people do think about you. Yeah, okay, I'm with you there. Thank you, Shelley, for your call. Uh, that you should be concerned about what people think about you. And what I'm trying to... to uh, get here is to where's that line drawn? Because at some point you have to not be concerned about what people think about you if you're really doing the right thing, right? There's a point where when we speak out against the injustices of our world today, and especially in a world today where if you're not on the right narrative with different things, people call you a hater. And uh, there's a point where you just have to be called a hater, right? If you are kindly and boldly speaking the truth. You can speak the truth without love, and uh, maybe you deserve you know, some of the flack you're getting, but you can also speak the truth boldly with love, and people are still going to give you flack. There's a point when uh, it shouldn't matter what people think of you, right? There, is, there are certain points in our life where you just have to say, don't let what people think convince you uh, not to say what's true or convince you to make decisions that aren't true. On the other hand, as Shelley says, you know, our, uh, our reputation when it comes to Christ— both as individuals, but also collectively, it matters a lot. What is the collective reputation of Christians? Uh, How much of it is 
something that we should pay attention to because maybe there are things that we need to do better as the church? Or what are some things that are reputations of Christians that just fall into, people are going to hate you because of me, Jesus said, and that's just the way it's going to be. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. The Bible has a lot to say about reputation, actually, and character, and things of that nature. It matters, right? For our, our government to have a a method to do censure is good. We should have that. We should care about the reputation of our representatives. We should care about the reputation of the people we're voting for. And some, you know, and we should care about the reputation in our churches of our pastors and our leaders. They're not perfect. You know, you can't, you can't say that they're sinless or hold them to a standard that's not possible. But the Bible does tell us that when we pick our church leaders, one of the things it says is that they should be above reproach. Uh, above reproach doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're guilty of something, but sometimes leaders are a distraction even if they're innocent, right? Or maybe there's a behavior that somebody does that causes everybody to think they're a sinner when really they're not, but really as a leader they should give that up, right? There are times where I think you know, Christians will disagree on whether or not somebody should drink alcohol or not. I don't think it's a sin to drink alcohol, um, <clears throat> even though I'm a Baptist, right? I don't think so. But I do think that there are times for sure when you should not, and it's a reputation issue. Sometimes there's a time when you shouldn't because you're having dinner with somebody else who's an alcoholic and just the smell of it drives them crazy, right? Uh, there are reasons why you shouldn't. And if you continue to do that, if you continue to say, well, it's all about me and it's my right, then I think it tarnishes your reputation. Where, How important is a Christian's reputation? How important is the reputation of the church? Where do you, where do you discern where we should care what other people think? Meaning, I think you always should care, I suppose, but where it should change our, our approach? And where is that line where you just can't change the approach? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Ike and others, I see your calls. We'll get your calls as soon as the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Good to be back with you. We're talking about reputation and what is important about reputation. Where's the line drawn between where you should care about what other people think versus where you need to not worry about what other people think? I think there is a line. Clearly in the Bible, there's a lot about having a good character, a good reputation. It matters a lot. And uh, do you ever Google yourself? It's, all, it's a good thing to do every once in a while is Google your own name and see what comes up. You'll be surprised uh, sometimes what happens. And hopefully it's accurate, but sometimes it's not. You'd be uh, maybe don't do it right before you go to bed. You'll like worry about it. It's like a morning you've had your coffee and you're like, all right, I'm going to Google myself and uh, see what comes up. Um, and then, uh, you know, but it, that's your, that's your online reputation. And it does matter because people, you know, what you put on your social media, for example, it matters. I promise you, if you're applying for a job somewhere, probably whether he's allowed to or not, your employer, your prospective employer is Googling you or they're looking up your Facebook and they're seeing what you're posting. I promise you, if you got stuff out there that is not flattering or that could be misinterpreted or interpreted correctly, 
uh, you might not get that job. See, reputation can matter. 888-528-2557. Ike in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, good to hear from you, Pastor Scott. I'm really very happy that uh, this topic came up. Um, it's very unfortunate that the people that make the law of this land seem to have lost the sense that reputation is everything. You mm. know, I can't understand the reason why they think that they can do whatever they want, be whatever they want, act any way they want, and it will not matter. I remember a few years ago when you shook hands with somebody and you can close deals. The reason why you will be able to close deals by just shaking hands is because the other party trusts you. Mm-hmm. That trust makes a big difference. If you are not somebody with good reputation, they will not shake hands with you. They will not make deals with you. The reason why we have credit reports, all those three credit bureaus, they look at your reputation. They look at your ability to make payments and fit the agreements that you made with companies. And because of that, they say that you have 700 points in your credit record. You have 500 or 200 simply because of your reputation, because of the way you pay your bills. If you don't pay your bills, you have a bad reputation. Nobody Mm. wants to lend you money. So to me, reputation means more than just something that we look over and move on. It's very, very vital in our society. You know, there's a reality, and I think what you bring up is a great point, Ike, that there is a reality, like, for example, with your credit score, where there's a real history. It's it's tangible reputation, right? It's not just um, we're going to take your word for it. There's a record. And, you know, I think that is a – it certainly is going to matter. Sometimes it's not fair, right? Sometimes you get knocks on your credit for things that you couldn't help, or sometimes it's false and you got to deal with that, and it's a pain. But – you know, you're right to say that in reality, reputation matters. And, you know, the handshake agreement is something that is, I think, less and less trusted today, unfortunately. It, you're absolutely right. You know, and it's very unfortunate. And part of the reason is because people don't keep their promises anymore. Yeah. So the handshake doesn't really matter to them. You know, they can say one thing, shake your hands on it. And tomorrow they deny that they ever said anything. Yeah. So, you know, we can see where our society is going in in that regard. And and it's very, very unfortunate. And we have children that we are teaching to be honest and to be truthful. And if we, the adults, cannot keep our words, uh, I, I don't know what we expect of the children. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good point. Ike, thanks for calling uh, the Pastor Scott Show. You know, we do try to take our, we teach our children, you know, integrity, right? That's why, you know, as a dad, I'll tell you what, uh, the lying, if my kids don't tell the truth to me, which sometimes they don't, and boys, they, they know that. They know it's far worse to not tell the truth. And there are things that, uh, you know, it takes a long time to get over that. Um. I think the reason that we don't care as much in society, that we don't care so much in the government anymore, is because 
we are rejecting the idea that there is a judge, that there is an actual moral judge who one day will give us the real credit report for our moral behaviors in life. It is, when, and when you don't have that, if there is no God, if there is no cosmic justice of some kind, if there is no um, accountability ultimately for what we do, then lying to get your way or misleading people is, I guess, the best thing you can do, right? If, if, there, if you can get away with it, then why not do it? That would be the philosophical problem with having no God, with having no judge. But I think in real life, you, you still are going to suffer because morality is not just simply rules that God established uh, for no particular reason, uh, moral rules are rules that have consequences. The reason that we're told not to lie, the reason that it's important to have a good reputation is because it has an effect in real life. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, the whole chapter in many ways is about reputation. A good name is, this is chapter one, uh, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What is the importance of reputation? When is it that you um, have to definitely care what other people think about you versus when is it a good place to say, don't worry about what other people think about you? I think there's a difference between those things. I think you have to navigate that. You know, if, if you're doing wrong, you know, then you should care what other people think because it will come back to hurt you. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7.1 says, A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of death better than the day of birth. Now, that's one of those things that uh, makes Ecclesiastes a little bit hard to read. So you kind of have to you dig into Ecclesiastes. If you're going to study that book, make sure you study the entire book, all of it, because all of it together makes perfect sense. It will change your life. It's the, it's the meaning of life, the book of Ecclesiastes. But you got to get in there, okay? A good name is better than fine perfume. I think most people uh, are tracking with that, right? That uh, it's better to have a good name, a good reputation, um, because at the end of the day, that's going to matter more to your relationships, to the things that matter, than if you just look good or if you just smell good. You know, back then, perfume would have been a big deal, right? There's no deodorant. There's you know not the cosmetic stuff that people have to, and soap and everything. So. You know, if you had a nice perfume on, you were more approachable. You were somebody who was, you know, people would like to have you around if you smelled good. That's still the same today, by the way. <clears throat> Another thing I try to teach my uh, my sons as they are into their puberty years. Um, but something better than that is a good reputation. In the entire book of Song of Solomon, it is a book about marital relationship ultimately and the reason they're attracted to each other is because of character, that that's one of the lessons in there, that if you're going to date somebody, it's their character that's going to matter, not how they look, not how they, you know, what kind of job they have or what kind of wealth they have or what their position is in society, that if you want to have a successful uh, romantic relationship with somebody, it's character that is going to make that better. Uh, Ecclesiastes continues, that second part of that, by the way, in Ecclesiastes, you know, why does it say uh, the day of death is better than the day of one's birth? In the context, okay, of a good name is better than fine perfume and the day of death better than the day of birth, it means this, that on the day of your death, people are going to know more about your reputation, are going to talk more about your reputation than ever. So you go to a funeral, right? And some of you have been to funerals before, I'm guessing, right? Probably all of us have been to a funeral. 
And as a pastor, I've been to many, I've been to many, many funerals. And it's an interesting thing to to observe what happens. And the best funerals, absolutely the best funerals, you know, people are sad in their mourning, but the best funerals are when people get up and they start talking about that person's reputation. They start talking about how generous they are. They start talking about how loving they are. They talk about how self-sacrificing they might have been. They talk about their faith. They talk about things that are inspiring and that everybody in the audience should say, yeah, I want that to be said at my funeral, right? The worst funerals the worst funerals are funerals that you go to and the only thing you hear about the person is their resume. Well, they did this for a living and they did that for a living, and, and but nobody has anything good to say about them. Uh, and those are kind of sad, right? Where that person, you know, you don't always know everything about them and they might have had some good, they obviously, they probably had some redeeming qualities, but their reputation was they were all, they were either nothing that we want to brag about or uh, we just don't even know them well enough because they were too buried in their their work. I do this thing. Uh, I'm I'm preparing to do this. And I know that some of you are going to think this is weird, and my wife totally rejects this. Christy will not go on this with me, but I call it the Scott Furrow Tour of L.A. Or uh, Scott Furrow. I do a Scott Furrow Tour of L.A. We go to you know fancy places. I take people from out of town to different places. But I want to do the Scott Furrow Cemetery Tour. And part of it is because you read, like, tombstones of famous people. And it's interesting that some of them will put down, you know, what they accomplished. They might be an Oscar winner or they were had starred in this film or that. But others who are very famous will often have things on there that are about family, great mom, great dad, great friend, those kinds of statements. And you realize, you know, what the values are. And I'll bet that the people who write that down in the tombstones, you know, that that's how they really were in real life, that off, off the screen, off the spotlight, what are they like? What's their reputation? Uh, it's an interesting way to to look at life uh, or not life uh, in the Scott Furrow Cemetery tour of L.A., where I advertise that uh, I'll take you within six feet of your favorite Hollywood icon. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, Gersom in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott, I love today's verse. Um, I remember hearing it when I was young, my pastor's Bible study, and one of the ways it helped me in life to think about these things was I was young, my my family wasn't of great notoriety, Um, I was just a kid that didn't have much to his name except a couple of nickels, and so I began to say to myself, this is what I want to work on. If I might not come in with a bag of money or a great name behind me, but a good work ethic, and when people hear my name, one of them think, hey, you're, the guy's a good worker, man's man, dependable. And I thank God that he, he taught me to adopt this early on because it really did help set me up for success down the road. And so just thank you for bringing that up because, you know, we all have that person who, when someone mentions their name or their reputation, some people groan, and then that other person, like you said, they're a sweet aroma and their reputation carries more than just with their title. Yes. Uh, the character of who they are. That matters so, so much. I'm think- grateful for that. Yeah, I'm glad that you had that influence in your life, too. That Sometimes it's interesting how just the smallest thing, you know, that reminder that a good name is better than fine perfume. You know, I'd, I'd much rather be personally respected than have a bunch of wealth if I had to choose. Yeah, yeah. definitely grateful. Yeah. Thank you, Gersom, for your call and for listening to the pastors. Am I saying your name right? Is it Gersom? Yes, sir. All right, Gersom. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. All right, I got to take a break. The number is 888-528-2557. What's the importance of reputation? And, uh, you know, is there a place where you shouldn't care what other people think? 
you know, where is that line drawn? Because I think sometimes you definitely have to care, but sometimes I think there's a place when you have to not worry about it. 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about reputation and how that matters in our own life. The number is 888-528-2557. By the way, what would you say the reputation is for uh, public schools these days? Another report came out that said that test scores for 13-year-olds in reading and math are the worst, worst in uh, reading, I think, since 2004 and worst in math since 1990. Uh, that's not a good reputation for schools. And by the way, if you were listening to our show on Tuesday, we talked about we kicked off our half-price tuition at KKLA in Los Angeles. And uh, if you've been thinking about putting your child in a Christian school, in a private school, private Christian school, then uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give you half off of the first year's tuition. And the details are at kkla.com. Go to the the – on the front page there, there is a – a uh, picture it says half price tuition click on that link it'll take you right to the page and explain all of it what you do is you pick the school that is closest to you that works for your family and uh, then follow the instructions and connect with us and KKLA will pay half of the tuition for your child's first year in a new Christian school and uh so check it out some of them are sold out we had many of you uh take advantage of that on Tuesday i want to thank you for doing that and you know one of the reasons that we can do that one of the reasons that the schools put out that offer to you is because the reputation matters for having good rep, uh, good education. The reputation of our public schools is, you know, I think with reason being, um, uh, a, you know, negative. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good teacher if you're a public school teacher and that there are some people who go through public schools and do just fine with different things, but there's a lot of problems. And uh, we want to help you with that. What about your own life? What's your reputation like? Is your reputation like that of a public school teacher or is your reputation, I mean, a public school, not a teacher, (laughs) maybe a certain teacher, you know, there's, you know, you can always ask, I used to ask the youth group, you know, a high school group, who's the, who's the best teacher? And they would usually have similar answers, usually multiple answers. They were also usually the harder teacher, the teacher who was more strict, by the way. Um, the teachers who really invested in them for learning. Who's the worst teacher? The worst teacher was the most fun, The wor- but they always would agree on the worst teacher. There'd always be one who was the worst teacher. One guy used to show a movie in class, and then he'd go sleep in his chair. That's what he would do. In fact, one time the kids told me they just left class you know, during the movie, and they would sit out on the grass, or they would actually go down the street to the 7-Eleven and you know, get something to drink, and then they'd come back, and uh, he wouldn't even notice. Everybody knows. All right, we're not talking about that really. We're talking about, although reputation matters, right? That's his his reputation. I uh, was talking about your online reputation, why it's good to go Google yourself, see what shows up, and to pay attention to what you post. Whatever you post digitally, it's there forever. And one time I was hiring youth director, and we used to get, you know, in San Diego, everybody everybody thinks they're called to be a pastor in San Diego, you know. Uh, God is one one resume after another. God is calling me to be. Of course, He's calling you. You live in Cleveland, right? If it's the other way around, if God's calling you to leave Southern California to go to Cleveland, then maybe He maybe that's happening. But I would get hundreds of <laughs> resumes, and um, 
I got down to five. I whittled it down to five potential candidates, and then I Googled all of them, and then I had no candidates. And that was because of the pictures that showed up, and they were out partying or drinking or kind of braggy about that. And it might have been old. It might have been something that was, you know, there from a long time ago. But you kind of go, gosh, you know, because I know that parents are going to Google the youth director. They're going to do that. Uh, your your online reputation matters, and um, those kinds of things matter. Having a good, uh, being a person of good character is something that we see throughout the Scripture as something that matters. In Ecclesiastes 7, if you go through it, there are many things that are stated there uh, that I think are really good. It's better to heed the rebuke of a wise person than to listen to the song of fools. Right? If you listen to the song of fools, then you're going to keep thinking foolish things. And the song of fools is always more, you know, is is more attractive than a rebuke. Would you rather have somebody compliment you or rebuke you? Well, you know, I think the first thing you might say is, well, I'd rather have a compliment. And you need compliments. Compliments are important. And we, when we take rebukes or we take criticism, we take those things, you know, in such a way that that stays with us all day, right? It it hurts. Somebody can give you ten compliments, and then you get one criticism, and that's the thing you remember. That's kind of how it works. But if the criticism is coming from a wise person, then it actually makes you better. It's something to listen to and heed that rebuke, right? Uh, then to listen to the song of fools. Sometimes people are giving you compliments, but really they're just kissing your behind, right? Or really they don't mean it. Or it's just what you want to hear, but it's not helping you grow. Um, it really matters. Um, when you keep reading through here, there's a whole lot about just developing through the the realities of life. The hard thing about Ecclesiastes is you have to deal with the realities of life. You have to deal with the fact that sometimes life isn't fair, that sometimes things don't work out. Ecclesiastes 7.15, in this meaningless life of mine, I've seen both of these, the righteous perishing in their righteousness and the wicked living long in their wickedness. See, that's that's real life right there. That, that happens. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why do, you know, good things happen to bad people? Well, the answer is because of the sinful world we live in, and it's not fair. Uh, but it's, you can't whine about it and just wring your hands and say, oh, life is unfair, and I'm a victim, and I'm this and that. You, you won't go anywhere if you do that. You will be stuck. You'll be stuck in your bitterness. You'll be stuck in your frustration. You'll be stuck, you know, in uh, in a reputation of somebody who is not fun to be around. And I think that matters, right? You don't have to be, you know, the class clown, and you don't have to be like the life of the party. Somebody is that person, but most people are not that person. And some people like to be around a lot of people, and other people just want to be around one or two people, and that's good enough. All of that is good. It all works the same. Verse 16 says, Do not be over-righteous, neither be over-wise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be over-wicked and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It's good to grasp the one and not the other. And whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. Have you thought about that? You know, people of good character, they are able to strike a balance. They can be humbly balanced. Right? The wisdom of God is better than surrounding yourself with the 10 smartest people you know. You need to be wise. You know, you can be over-righteous. You know, the over-righteous person, they're a person who forgets that they still sin. And they always think they're better than somebody else. Uh, you don't want to be that person. It's not wise. It, you don't want that reputation. The reputation of being the know-it-all. The person who's never wrong. You don't want that, right? That's what that means. 
Uh, sometimes, you know, overly wise means that you try to call God to the level of human reason. That's what, uh, you know, they were trying to do. Job's friends in the book of Job are trying to do. Say, God, how dare you do this? This is wrong. You know, the idea that God is the genie in the lamp and he's supposed to do everything for you. Um, that's not God's job. God's job is to run the universe. Our job is to obey God and live the best life we can according to how God tells us how to live it. See, if you're humble, you get that. And you know, the overwicked is rebellion. You're deliberately sinning. You're deliberately just out of, you know, in a huff. You just want to sin. Um, it's just not a good way to live life. See, you, you develop then a reputation for being a fool, and you don't want that. You want to have integrity, and you want to have good character. Integrity sometimes means that you're going to be hated for speaking the truth. And I think that's the line, you know, the line between having a good reputation and, you know, when do you say, you know, to your kids, I always say to my kids, you know, don't worry about what other people think of you. It's not a popularity contest, right? Don't worry about being popular. Make sure you have the the best possible friends. In fact, that's one of the things that I worry most about with my kids is are you making friends that are really true friends, not friends that are going to get you somewhere, right? Not friends that you're leveraging because of their popularity or maybe they're fun for the wrong reason, but are they true friends who really care about you? And that's wise. That's something to do. There is a place where you have to not care if somebody doesn't like you because of um, who you are. So what? Just be who God made you to be. Now, if they don't like you because you're rude and you're a jerk or you're arrogant, well, that's sin. And people don't like that. But if you're a person of good character and you're humble and you can have integrity, then you're going to be somebody with a good reputation. And if you're a person who messes things up, which we all do, we all mess things up. Part of uh, the good reputation is how do you respond to that? Are you graceful? Can you laugh at yourself? Uh, do you try to cover it up? Do you try to hide it? Do you try to turn it into something that's not bad, even though everybody knows it is? Don't do that. Just, hey, you know what? I'm a sinner and I'm sorry I did that. Can I make it up to you? And uh, you move forward. And moving forward is also a great way to have a good reputation. Somebody who isn't stuck in something they cannot control or something that they can't do anything about. And I think you're going to find that that will do, do you very well in life. Um, and your reputation matters. And you can fix your reputation. Somebody called a few minutes ago about your credit score. You can fix that too. I have had a terrible credit score before. I have a very good credit score now. I used to have a very terrible credit score. It takes a little while, but you can do it. So you never give up and never give up on your reputation. Fixing it, I think, also builds your your reputation with people. All right, we're going to take a uh, break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, submarine tragedy, submariner tragedy, get some thoughts about that as the Pastor Scott Show Thursday edition continues in just a moment. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.